Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I'm excited to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes, and we'll talk Zion Williamson. Apparently, he's going to return soon, as well as some previews for Wednesday night NBA action. PlayUp Sportsbook presents the Phil Nason Show. Head on over to playup.com, sign up for an account, and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. My best bet is my pal Eric from Wager Talk. He's here. What's up, dude? What's going on, Phil? What's going on, everybody? Uh, glad to be back. Uh, thank you for having me after uh, last time. Must mean we did something right last show. <laughs> hey, you know what? The best part of what we did is you showed up on time. You did your best, and we came out of it ahead. So that's all anyone can ask. The people love you, and we do here, as you know already. So what's up with Zion Williamson, man? I, You know, I saw a picture of him yesterday, and I didn't recognize him because it seems, or appears at least, that that young fella has slimmed down a bit. Yes. Yeah, so in terms of what's going on with Zion, I mean, kind of like, if, I don't know if you, you saw over on social media over during the Mardi Gras period in uh, in New Orleans that they had a couple of like floats kind of like dissing Zion. Right, I did, um, yes. I can understand their frustration, but this is a guy who's really looking to become, if when healthy, we know what he could do on the court. He's a supreme talent. Um, so why are they kind of, you know, poking the hornet's nest with him? Why are they, you know, kind of edging him to, you know, make a move? Because if he's healthy and next thing you know, he's playing for a different team, ideally our New York Knicks, um, are they going to be like how, I don't know if what they're doing now is going to be beneficial to them. I think the, the New Orleans fans need to take a chill pill and realize that while it is frustrating to go through this, um, this guy's a superstar. He really is. What are your thoughts, Phil? I agree. I think he's headed towards that anyway. He's a a better version of Charles Barkley, I think. A more modern version. You know, he's a better ball handler. He slashes well. He catches the ball real nice if you watch. His hands are out in front and he's ready to shoot. But more oh, importantly, yeah. he's only he's a kid. And and kids do things that are silly sometimes. And you know one of the things kids like to do? Eat junk food. I've been coaching for 38 years, Eric, as you know, and and that's always been a battle. It's a battle for me. You know, I I love ice cream. I love potato (laughs) chips. I also love to be under 200 pounds, and I finally hit that goal, and I I, I intend on staying there. But look at this kid, though. What a talent when he's healthy, and a lot of that had to do with that weight, I'm sure. You know, he's a big man. And Mm -hmm. when you have feet problems and you're a little bit pudgy, uh, that can make for an interesting time of things, but look what he's going to walk into. He's got Brandon Ingram, who he did pretty well with when they did mm-hmm. play together, and now he's got a, an actual point guard in C.J. McCollum, and he's got a nice little bunch of role players. 
He's got Jonas Valanciunas to help him out. You know, he doesn't have to do as much now. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see him flourish when and if he does decide to return. I, I, his return date is up in the air, I think. But at least he's in New Orleans. And mm-hmm. he's with the team. And you know what? Those guys, there's a couple of veterans on that team that can help him. You know, maybe he didn't have that when he first got there. Maybe it was frustrating for him playing for Stan Van Gundy, who's, if you for want for a better term, he's old school. Yeah, certainly. You know what? He, he expects them to play. He expects every one of his players to be ready to go at game time. He expects that. And that didn't always happen in New Orleans. But at the end of the day, it's exciting when the young stars are on the floor. We have such things, so many things to look forward to in the NBA with these young guys, with John Morant. Hopefully Zion can remain healthy. So many good players. And it's going to be interesting because you you know this better than anybody. The Pelicans have not done well with their stars. They've lost Anthony Davis. They lost Chris, Chris Paul. Paul mm-hmm. You know, So we'll have to wait and see. But I like what you said about the Knicks, man. I like. I just packed my Knicks shorts. In fact, I said I'm taking my Knicks shorts everywhere I go, and, and I can't wait. I hope he does play for the Knicks. I really do. I don't know how much how that's going to happen just yet, but boy, I'm excited for the Pelicans, and I have not really been excited for the Pelicans much in my life. Yeah, no, I think that's um, another just like great point. Like the Pelicans are not one of these teams that you look at and you're like, wow, well they're just devoid of NBA talent or they're just, you know, really not good enough. They've put together like a sneaky solid roster. You know, I'm not going to go here and sit there and say you're as good as like the Warriors or the Suns are just yet. But take a look at what the Grizzlies have done with John Morant really turning it around. Um, Not really turning it around, just taking that next step that, you know, everybody kind of saw coming because he's as explosive as can be. Um, We also have young guys, you know, like Jaron Jackson Jr., who's just really a Pound on both ends of the floor, Desmond Bain, like these players that are, you know, came from more of like a lower end role player type to kind of filling in their shoes and really becoming key parts to the, the team's success. I don't see why it wouldn't be any different for a team like the Pelicans, obviously, assuming that Zion is back and averaging 27 a game like he was last season before he went down. So I, I think the Pelicans are ideally, honestly in a very solid spot, assuming again Zion comes back and is healthy. This season, of course, is probably a wash, but if you have a healthy Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, CJ McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas, Josh Hart as your starting five coming into a season, um, you might need a little bit more on the defensive end, but I think that's a that's a pretty solid starting five. I take that starting five over a bunch of other starting fives in the NBA. Well, Josh Hart is now with the Trailblazers. Because oh, he got, got traded for CJ. No, that's okay. Because you know something? He's easy to miss. You know, that was the one guy they thought was going to carry them along with Lonzo Ball, if you remember. And he just didn't get it done. And, and that's a serious upgrade with CJ McCollum. And he's also under contract, I believe, for two more seasons. But the Southwest Division as a whole has a lot of young talents. And it should be a lot of fun. you got the Mavericks. You've got the Grizzlies. You'll have these Pelicans have played very well since CJ McCollum arrived. It's going to be a fantastic, and the Spurs have some nice young players. So this could be a lot of fun for a lot of years. Let's hope anyway. I, I hope. Look at Boston. We got Boston tonight. We got Charlotte. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to talk about some young talent on that floor tonight? Oh, certainly. Goodness gracious, but I don't trust the Hornets, man. Uh, no, I do not either. Um, you know, we did a great job predicting them to upset the 
uh, Cavs last Wednesday, mm-hmm. but uh, the Celtics are definitely a, a different animal than the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's for sure. Well, that's for sure. You know, um, Boston. Here's the fun part: you've got a couple. You know, you've got Jason Tatum coming off a of fifty piece. Mm-hmm. You've got Charlotte coming off a game where they allowed a fifty piece on just nineteen shots. Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. I bag on him a lot, but at the end of the day, that kid delivered last night. He doesn't always deliver like that, but he delivered. I think Charlotte's in real trouble. I honestly, I just do. I don't trust that team. I don't trust Lamelo Ball at all. They miss Gordon Hayward. They miss his leadership. I think certainly, and that's something that Boston has because Jalen or Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You know, they're young guys. They're only like what twenty two, twenty three, but they already have tenure in the league, and yep. they're starting to show it. And I think it's going to be exciting. You know, Boston six four and zero against the spread in their last ten. They're up against the Hornets. You want to, you ready for a number? Yeah. Two ten and one against the spread in their last thirteen home games are the Hornets, and they are a six and a half point home underdog. The totals two twenty six and a half. What do you think? You think Boston can keep their run alive and knock them off again? Yeah. So I really don't see why, you know, what the Hornets can throw at them that the Celtics have not seen. Um, something I think to consider certainly at this late in the season as well, and just kind of like the grind of just the NBA in general. Um, when it gets to later in the season, um, it really comes down to how well a team is prepared to take on an inferior opponent, right? So the Hornets are certainly like um, they're not again like a bottom of the of the barrel type of team, but they're you know they're nowhere near as good as the Celtics. Um, Celtics are only 16-16 away this season, while the Hornets are only 16-16 at home this season. So um, I can certainly see the Celtics covering the spread tonight. The last game they played, the Celtics did not cover the spread, but only by half of a point. It was a spine six and a half at the closing line, and they won by six. Um, And the first time that they played the season, um, or the second time they played, Charlotte actually bested them. So... I see the Celtics coming in with this kind of new energized swagger. And I think the Celtics are one of these teams, again, like you said, with having these young players. I don't think they're in rest mode. I don't think they're in um, complacency mode. They're only a half game behind the Bulls for the four seed in the East. And they're only two games behind the Bucks and the Sixers for the second and third seed. Uh, these are must-win games. Um, it's it's kind of crazy to say, like, a little bit early in the season. But this is a must-win game for the Celtics. You have a team that you are better than you need to go on the road, take care of business. And next thing you know, you could find yourself ideally in the two or three seed and having some more home games throughout the playoffs. And that's a good point. I'm glad that you use the standings because the regular season is closing in. And mm-hmm. uh, I got to tell you, I, you know, Charlotte has covered two of the three times they played this season. Uh, Boston is two and one against them. Now I took Boston on Sunday. Well, you know, because I sent you my premium pick so you could kind of like be my extra set of eyes Mm-hmm. And that didn't do so bad, three and zero. But I also got minus four. I t- I got four points, or took had to give up four points for Boston and took it. I'm really glad I didn't hit the six and a half. That would have been dangerous. Yeah. But Boston's had a couple nights off. Charlotte's coming off a rough loss. I I expect Charlotte to play tougher, but I don't think they can hang with Boston. I don't think they can hang with them on the glass. I don't think they can hang with them on the defensive end, which where Boston is honestly, they haven't done that well over their last five games. They're 17th in points allowed per 100 possessions. Mm-hmm. But Charlotte isn't very good either. 
You know, they're 20th in points allowed over the same five-game span, over 100, 100 possession, and just 12th in points. Boston is scoring again. I mean, really scoring. And, you know, they're number four in points scored per game over, or poor, per 100 possessions. Man, I couldn't get that out. <laughs> and, and the end of the day is I don't see – I see Charlotte playing tougher. You know, it's been a close matchup. The not, Boston blew them out once. Charlotte beat them by nine in Boston. This is going to be a toughie, but I got to go with Boston, man. I just do. Do you have any interest in the total? It's 226.5 in most places. There are some places where it's 226, and a couple places I saw that it was already up to 227. Interesting. No, um, I actually have no real interest in the total. Um, I think it's like obviously something to monitor if you're seeing, you know, some big swings in, in that in those odds and in that line. Uh, try to achieve some of that closing line value by, you know, getting a, a better odds up front. Like as you know, like you said for your last time, the Celtics and Hornets played. You got the minus four, you hit. If you got the minus six and a half, you were a loser. So, um, something I wanted to also just point out on mm-hmm. this on this game as well. Like the Hornets are. 500 against Eastern Conference opponents. They're 21 and 21, while the Celtics are 28 and 16 in conference play. Right. So I, again, this is a just a situation where if you kind of take out just the basic X's and O's of, of what's actually going on on the court and you kind of try to dive into the psyche of the of these two teams, um, the Hornets, of course, would love a win to you know improve their self in the standings for the um, play-in tournament, and they can just maybe sneak in on that last seat of the actual playoff uh, spot. But the Celtics have their eyes set on not just being, you know, a five seed and happy to be in the playoffs. They have their eyes set on the Eastern Conference Finals, and they also have their eyes set on some home, some more home court games. So I think just in terms of like a of needing the win, I think the Celtics having more talent and being in a spot where a win would really just help boost their confidence. And realistically, if the Bulls take a loss, they'll be improving in the standings. So I think this is a game where the Celtics are locked in and loaded. And I like the minus the seven. The total, I do not really have a great you know, feel for, but I do like the Celtics in laying the seven. I wouldn't play it any more than seven, though, I don't think. that's no. a, that You know, because Boston is not a team who blows teams out. And I know Charlotte has the – sometimes does get blown out. The, and if you're playing daily fantasy, here's a little sneaky – here's a sneaky play. Terry Rozier tonight because Terry Rozier is still salty about leaving the Celtics. I know he doesn't admit it, but he is. And he usually comes and goes after these guys. So we'll have to wait and see. But Phoenix and Miami. Now, I would think this would be a much better game if Devin Booker and Chris Paul were playing. That would be like a championship game almost. But Phoenix is now a seven and a half point away underdog. It's a 219 and a half point total. What do you like about this one? Um, so like you said, it's it's this is a tease because this could certainly be a championship matchup. Um, just again, this is the two leaders of their conferences respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be much nicer to see what both what this matchup would be like if the Suns had, you know, their two stars and top players playing for them. Um, the thing is the Miami Heat, while, of course, they are dominating the the standings, they have a three-game lead over the Sixers for the one seed in the East. Uh, I'm personally not sold on them being, you know, one of the best teams. I think it's the Sixers and the Bucks. If I, if I were the 
Suns and I was playing the Heat in the finals, I'd feel much better playing the Heat than the Sixers or the Bucks. So, um, seven and a half points. I kind of like the Celtics. I mean, excuse me, the Heat to cover that spread just because they kind of see it as they're a team that plays motivated. They play hard, so I can see them, you know, kind of wanting to stick it to the Western Conference leaders. But again, I think from Phoenix's side. They can afford a loss like this, and it's not really going to rattle their confidence, being that they know for for sure that they're not at full strength. I think you're right. I, I do think you're right. I think Miami's a team that smells blood in the water, and they do a very good job of that. They're like sharks, you know, and, and I get exactly what you're saying with Philadelphia. You've got them. You've got Boston, and I would even contend the way Milwaukee's playing, and we're going to talk about them in a minute. They're not too bad either. But one thing Miami's going to do is roll up their sleeves and play defense. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Devin Booker has made the trip or not. I don't know if he's still at home quarantining. Nobody seems to want to tell us, you know, and that's that's upsetting too because really they're required to tell us these things at a timely manner. But like last night they didn't tell us about uh, – or two nights ago they didn't tell us anything about James Harden until mm-hmm. the last minute. That makes things tough, too, because not only do we have to figure out who's going to win, but we also have to figure out who's going to play. I guarantee you Jimmy Butler is going to play tonight. Okay, of course. No, I agree. That's he, that's the kind of game point. he wants to play, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a misleading kind of game as well because, yeah, I, I, I have no doubts on Jimmy Butler's competitiveness and his desire to be great and, and beat the greats and play against the greats. But – is he he can beat up all he wants on you know Cameron Payne and the rest of the Suns kind of like backup units? Uh, I'd like to see what it really looked like with Booker and Paul back in that mix. I agree with you completely. They don't really care about that because they're the number one seed in the East right now. If the playoffs were going, they're on a three-game winning streak. They've won eight of their last ten. They might you know if they were playing in their division, they're eleven and two. They mop up. And they've done a good job, obviously, at home and away. It, it's it's tough. You know, they're scoring, though. They're 11th in scoring over their last five games. And per 100 possessions, third in points allowed. But they're 5-0 and against the spread in their last five games, the Heat mm-hmm. are. Phoenix, just, to me, they just don't feel like a team. Without Chris Paul, they struggled. They really have. I know they have Cameron Payne and the other kid they have over there who's playing nice ball also. But Chris Paul is the leader, and Devin Booker is his Robin, you know, Batman and Robin. And I would think, I would honestly think, that the battle is really going to be between Aiton and uh, Bam Adebayo. Mm-hmm. And I think Bam is going to look to try to destroy him because, you know, everyone talks about Aiton. Not many people have been talking about Adebayo this year. But that's a lot of points for this game. You know, seven and a half. I, I suppose, I, I don't think many athletes, maybe Calvin Ridley does, looks at the lines before the games. But uh, if I were playing for the Phoenix Suns and I saw that, and I say, wait, I, we have a pretty good record, I bet we can give this club a go. That's a lot of points, seven and a half. Is Miami a blowout team, though? That's That's the thing that makes me nervous because... You gotta hope to. You're hoping that they win by ten, so you can breathe. You know, in the fourth quarter, that's what you're hoping for. What do you think? What do you think? Are they a blowout team, though? Um, 
Not necessarily, no. I'm thinking, do you think there's any, you know, a little bit of recency bias in this line? You know, the Suns came out and it took a, you know, last minute couple stops to beat the Orlando Magic, as we know, one of the worst teams in the entire NBA, if not probably the worst team in the NBA. It took the Suns down to the wire to, without, of course, Chris Paul and Devin Booker last night to just beat the Magic. And I want to say they were like 14 and a half point favorites last night, mm-hmm. even without, again, that the dynamic duo that they have. Um, so that's why I don't think like this is a nationally televised game, which is always like, you know, something to, to note because nobody wants to get blown out, let alone on national TV. I don't know if, you know, eight points even constitutes really a blowout. I think the Suns, something that the rest of the league can really hone in on, which I guess we definitely saw last year with Chris Paul being banged up again in the playoffs. Um, they're fantastic because they're Monty Williams is coaching the hell out of them. They're such a well-coached team. Yeah. Um, they understand. They play their their asses off. They know their roles. They hit their three pointers. They're they're really involved in their internal program. Like there's something really special going on in that building. But they're so dependent on their two stars. Everybody else knows exactly what their role is and how to fill that role and how to complement. Chris and Devin, when they're on the court, when they're not on the court, they just they're devoid of again that superstar talent that is needed in the NBA. So, while seven and a half is a solid spread, you know I don't think that's really necessarily in blowout territory. And I think the Heat are looking to make a statement. And while the Suns, of course, would not want them to make that statement against them, uh, the Suns are one of the best road teams in the NBA. While the Heat are one of the best home teams in the NBA, um, I think the Heat again just are going to be able to take advantage of the Suns while the Suns are not at full strength. That's a good call. I like that call, too. I'm going to go with you on that one. I'm actually interested in the total tonight, and I think this game is going under the total of 219.5. I don't think Miami scores enough, and they don't really play the fastest out there. Kyle Lowry is a very good leader, and I love what you said about Monty Williams. You know, in this game, we have two young coaches who are probably in the top tier of current NBA coaches, and yet nobody ever talks about them. Eric Spolstra, he's been a great coach for the Miami Heat. And Monty, Monty, if it weren't for that unfortunate situation where his wife was killed, he'd probably still be the New Orleans Pelicans head coach. Mm-hmm. And that team was going somewhere when he was there. Those kids, if you ever watch the Phoenix Suns, when you watch a timeout, look at the players. Every one of them are looking at Monty. Even the guys in the, still in their warm-up suits, head in the huddle. They care what he has to say. He, he's a leader. He follows them. And in Spolstra, it's the same way. Oh, of course. And it's that's fantastic. That's a beautiful thing, man. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic what Monty's done in, in Phoenix and what, again, he's done throughout his entire career. But... Like the Suns and the Heat, they they're having fun while taking care of business at the same time. And also, it's just on the topic of Eric Spolstra, I know that while he's been recognized by his peers and by like the league for being one of the top coaches in the NBA, it needs to be reiterated that Eric Spolstra is one of the best coaches, and not just the modern NBA, but in the entirety of the NBA's history. I'm not going to stand here and say he's you know one, two, three, or four. Don't get me wrong, but within that top 15, within that top 15, top 10, he's got an argument. I know he obviously had LeBron, Wade, and Bosch, but people don't recognize that it takes a special coach to be able to still coach 
all these kinds of moving parts and these immense amounts of talent. You can look at Frank Vogel right now. Yes, the Lakers don't have a Dwayne Wade and Bosch or LeBron is prime, even though LeBron is, you know, defying father time as always. You can't just put anybody at the helm of one of these quote unquote super teams and say, go out and win me basketball games. It's just not going to work. You really do need a special talent to do that. A Steve Kerr and Eric Spolstra. So he does definitely deserve his roses as well. Absolutely, he does. You know what? And especially, he's one of the very few head coaches who have ever survived LeBron James. He didn't get fired when he coached LeBron. Every, everywhere else he went, coaches got dropped, fired, blah, 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 whatever. Not him. And, and that's because they have a great organization. So I like the under in this game. I don't think it's going to get out of hand. We didn't see them score a whole lot, them being Phoenix, last night against Orlando. Orlando has a, a decent defense. Miami has a much better defense. And with Jimmy Buckets out there denying Buckets, and bam, he's going to want to get the best of Aiton. It could be a lot of fun. I like, But I'm going to go with the under, and you're going to play the Heat, right? I'm going to play the Heat. Um, I definitely like your your look on, on the under. Bam Adebayo is putting together a masterclass in defense this season. He really is playing phenomenally. The Heat, again, don't get me wrong, they're leading the Eastern Conference. They're definitely in that contention for being a possible you know, representative of the East to come out and be in the NBA Finals. Um, with the Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers, you know, still in the mix. I'm very intrigued to see how that shakes out. I am too, and I'll be watching tonight half asleep from all this moving, Eric. Good <laughs> God. Anyway, we've got one more game to go. What a fun time we are having here with Wager Talk, NBA writer Eric Pauly and my buddy. I should have said my buddy and, but that wasn't very really <laughs> smart. But it's a little early still. We've got the Hawks. They're a five-and-a-half-point away underdog against the Milwaukee Bucks. That total has been moving all over the place. I pinned it down to several shops are offering 239-and-a-half points. What do you like about this game? Is this game a bettable game? So <laughs> you were going, you're going, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough because what we saw, which I actually, I wrote about last night for wager, or yesterday morning for wager talk I had was all over the Bucks covering in Oklahoma city last night. Ah, obviously you were on the other side of me. Good for you. Yeah. I was all over the Bucks. I mean, we, as we spoke about last week, uh, obviously the thunder are one of the sneaky like, spread cover teams. You know, they don't have the talent, but they do play hard. They play well and they do find a way to cover that number. But the Milwaukee Bucks, for a team with a player like Giannis coming off a championship, that if you know we kind of look back in the beginning of the season, you know they were around for the first you know twenty or so games. They were still a five hundred ball club, a little bit of a championship hangover. You know it happens to the best of us. Mm-hmm. The Milwaukee Bucks have hit the stride that they need to hit at debatably the right time. I mean, there's we look at the NBA calendar. We're like six weeks into the playoffs, if even at this point. Um, for now to be on the roll that they're on and kind of not just, again, you know, beating up, just beating teams, making sure they're taking all these wins, beating up on inferior opponents. Um, again, like they destroyed the Thunder last night. The Suns, again, without Chris Paul and Booker is always going to be a little bit of an asterisk. But then taking on teams like the Bulls, the Heat, and the Hornets – uh, did not dismantle the Bulls or the, or the Heat, but coming home with victories and being on the streak that they're on. Um, if I was, again, in the East, like, 
you can never discount Giannis Antetokounmpo, and you can never discount the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, whether or not this game is bettable, though, Milwaukee, I see currently at minus five. They're 23 and 12 at home this season. Um, I don't know if I can lay the points. What are you thinking, Phil? You know what? I'm not sure what I want to do. I, I love Giannis. I, w- I was able to watch him play Division Two in Greece when I was there. He played against the Corfu team. I actually went there. I was covering the national team. So that was my one of my first writing jobs. And I had the opportunity to watch Thanasis, his older brother. That's who I went to see because he was vying for a spot on the national team. And I see this long, skinny kid who basically was all arms and legs, and he was very awkward. But he took two steps and dunked on a man. He was 16. And I was like, wow, this kid might be all right. Who is this? This is another one that I can't pronounce their last name? That's terrible. But God bless him. What a, and I was stunned when he was drafted in the first round. I didn't think that was going to happen. But that being said, I like the way Milwaukee has played. Atlanta has beaten this team twice this season in their only two meetings, but both were at home. This is a rematch of the Eastern Conference final last year. Milwaukee got the better of them, and I think they're going to get them at home tonight. That crowd is going to support them. They got blown out their first meeting. They lost by seven the second. Atlanta was an a five-and-a-half-point underdog in January, and they covered, and they covered a minus two-and-a-half point as favorites. I don't know, man. This is one of those games where I think that Giannis is on a mission. I think the rest of his team is on a mission, and, and they're injured. You know, Grayson Allen may play, may not. He's got a sore hip. Connaughton's out. That hurts them. But it doesn't seem to slow them down much. I mean, they've covered in four of their last five after a long stretch where they didn't cover at all. I think they were 0-5. So really, they're 4-6 and six over their last 10 games, but 4-1 and one over their last five. Okay, let's, granted, they played against uh, Phoenix without Booker and without Paul. They played against the Bulls, and they covered a 5.5-point spread. They lost their only tough battle with Miami. But I don't put the, the Atlanta Hawks in the same category as I would put Phoenix or Chicago or Miami or even Charlotte for that matter. So I think the Bucks are going to cover based on that alone. But the total is what I'm more interested in. And the, they've gone, when these two teams have played, the last five times that these teams have played, the over is 3-2. and two. None of those games had a total, though, of 239 and a half. I don't know. What do you think? Is this the game where they just play defense or try to? So I think that's a big uh, number, man. It's a big number. So like you said, like that number is very high based on their matchups. It would, you know, kind of lean toward the, the under, but given how high the number is, you know, it's always have to respect like the market and where they're kind of pricing these games at. So mm-hmm. seeing the number being so high, you know, it would be foolish to kind of just say like, you know, under lock, like book it, like, you know, we've got to kind of take a step back and look into it. I think um, the Hawks are certainly a little bit disappointing this season. I mean, Trey has been kind of just kind of himself in a sense. Like, you know, he's really putting up 27.8 a game, averaging nine 
4.4 assists. He did have a little bit of a cold stretch, though, um, around the All-Star break. So this could be a game where, you know, we're seeing both Giannis and, and Trey approaching the, you know, the, the mid-30s, high 40s, uh, the mid-30s, low 40s for, for scoring tonight. Um, I am sticking with, based off what you said, though, the Bucks minus the five. Uh, I could certainly think I could lay the Bucks minus the five. I know we're kind of riding uh, the three favorites here on on the show today. Well, but that's okay though. The favorites are priced right. Yeah, if the, again, if the favorites are priced right, certainly. Um, it's just it's a matter of pride, right? The Milwaukee Bucks are, are one of these teams that they've no. I'm sure just as much as we know, they're well aware that they were bested by the Hawks. Uh, twice already this season mm-hmm. so i think it's up to the bucks to kind of you know try to right the ship and, and get a, a win tonight and they're again they're playing really 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 great basketball right now and they're kind of prepping for this stretch run and they're getting hot for the stretch run while the hawks i mean they're kind of uh right now in, in no man's land i mean they're the final spot of the play in tournament uh we know trey young can you know kind of turn it on and he is one of the most exciting and best young players in the league but I don't know if, like you said, they're not on the tier of Milwaukee, Miami, even Chicago, Philadelphia. They're the Boston. They're not there yet. Uh, five points is not a lot of points. I like I like the Bucks to cover five tonight. You know, I, I do too. That's the one I like. That number's too high for me. It really is. I I could see this game going either way, high scoring or low scoring. But mm-hmm. one thing, the one way I do see it is the Bucks winning by five. Great stuff today, man. Thanks for being here. Now tell everybody how to find you on Twitter, at Wager Talk, whatever else you're doing. Go ahead and plug yourself real good. Yeah, of course. So follow me on Twitter at Slime Action. Uh, I'm having, I have posted my articles for Wager Talk today. I normally write two a day. Uh, today I was focusing on the Jazz Blazers game as well as the Kings Nuggets game. A little hint: I am on the Nuggets to cover the four points on the road um blazers game i really don't like anything there um you can also find some of my nfl work at um ftnbets.com i actually have an article out yesterday where i went into the my five favorite nfl draft props for this upcoming draft so yeah if you want more nba content some nfl content and hopefully some mlb content in the near future hopefully that's on the horizon um yeah follow me on twitter at slime action on Wager Talk, uh, Eric Pauly, FTM Bets, Eric Pauly. There you go. Well done, man. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. We want to thank PlayUp Sportsbook for presenting the show. That's PlayUp.com for all your sports betting needs. Sign up for an account and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. All picks made on the show are tracked at betstamp.app. Sign up for an account there, and you can follow us and, you know, do what you do. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves. Be good. And most importantly... Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.